the draft has come and gone and it's been recapped a thousand times. Why not make it a thousand and one? Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, uh, both of us look like we are in an interrogation room. <laughs> And we're both guilty. <laughs> I can't get the lighting right in here. I'm, I, I mean, it looks like my face is all distorted. I'm sorry, people. I don't know what. Anyway, uh, yeah, this isn't. This is actually this fat. There's it's no way. Not a, it, it's not matter? ideal. It's not ideal, and that's exactly what I would tell the Hollywood people looking at me, saying, "Should you be on TV?" I'd be going, "Uh, it's not ideal. Not ideal. Should you be on radio or any type of <laughs> media platform?" Um. <laughs> But, Jimmy, the draft is coming and gone, and you and I have not had a chance to discuss it since uh, Bryce Young did go number one to the Carolina Panthers. I want, I want to reiterate that I'm thrilled to death. I'm really trying to get this lighting right. Thrilled to death that Alabama finally had a number one pick in the draft. Um, I love that. It's also the only time in, since 1967, since the, you know, the common draft, that a team had an offensive and a defensive player going the top three picks. That's kind of crazy, um, and that's great. I mean, now there have been some – I think Penn State had Courtney Brown and, and LeVar Arrington, you know, some other things like that, but um, they were both defense. So to have an offensive and defensive guy go in the first three picks, first time ever, pretty cool. Um, but I want to stick with Bryce Young here for a second. Man, I, I'm going to tell you the the, uh, the coverage around him, the interviews he's given – uh, if you're not in love with him already as a Carolina Panther fan, uh, something's wrong with you. The guy has – look, I keep using this comparison. Bryce Young is Prince who can throw a football. If Prince can throw a football, he's so cool. He he dresses cool. He looks cool. He's very soft-spoken, but every time he speaks, it's like, oh, my God, that makes total sense. I listened to a whole interview with him uh, that they played on – Sirius XM today is I'm, I'm in South Bend, Indiana, ironically. Um, you know, they send Tyler Buckner down to Alabama, and I guess they shipped me up here. But um, Good trade. Good trade. It was a good trade for, for Alabama. Uh, but anyway, um, so it, it was just awesome, and I'm thrilled to death for him. I'm just not a Panthers fan. I still can't, like, rightly or wrongly, uh, New York Jets are associated with Joe Namath and vice versa forever. And I think the Panthers are associated with Cam Newton forever, rightly or wrongly. So I'm hoping Bryce can overcome that and be the associated face of the Panthers. But uh, that's for the future to determine. And right now I'm just thrilled to death for him and I'm super proud of him. Yeah, number one pick on the whole draft. We've never had that. One more box. Is checked off the uh, Nick Saban bucket list. He's checked off every box, national championships, SEC championships, All-Americans, draft picks, and now the number one overall pick, uh, one more feather in the Nick Saban cap. And I, I'm so happy for Carolina Panthers fans because not all, only are they getting such a super quarterback and a super player, what a super kid, what a super person, a great thing. It's going to be so easy for the Carolina Panthers fans to cheer for Bryce, just like it was for us. 
and it's really cool that we get to share that with them now. And uh, I, I know there's this cam thing with the Panthers, but look, that was a long time ago now. Uh, new ownership, new Panthers, new Bryce. And uh, I hope Alabama fans cheer for Bryce, regardless of those colors, the same way that we've been cheering for Mac and New England and Tua and Miami and even Jalen in Philadelphia. Uh, there's no reason Mac, uh, Bryce shouldn't be treated the same way. And uh, it's so cool for Luke. Four of the 32 starting quarterbacks are from Alabama or developed at Alabama. Four of the 32. I'm terrible at math, but I think that's one in eight. One in every eight starting quarterbacks are Alabama quarterbacks. That is crazy. That It is crazy, especially when you consider how rare it was before this run to have an Alabama quarterback start at all. I mean, A.J. McCarron actually started in a playoff game because the starter was hurt. Andy Dalton was hurt. Um, I mean, you know, there have been some things like that. But You really had to go back to Richard Todd. Yeah, to be a real starter. To be a real starter. Brody started games. Greg started one. Jeff Rutledge started one. Scott Hunter started a few. But, no, no, the last – real starting quarterback at, at, at Alabama. It was Richard Todd. And to some extent, I think Kenny Stabler may have been starting games after Richard Todd was drafted. But uh, still, it had been that long. Our our, our parents, my, you know, my parents, your parents, were young people <laughs> the last time an Alabama quarterback was uh, starting in the NFL. Now one out of every eight. Just nuts. I like what you said about another feather in the cap for Nick Saban. And my first thought was, if he gets any more feathers in the cap, he's going to look like he's he's wearing the hat of Pimp of the Year 1977. (laughs) And I've never seen Nick Saban wear a hat with a feather in it. And I really wish I I could see that. That would be great. That would make my year. And if the feathers had like the list of accomplishments he had just written on them, that would be pretty cool. Wearing that amazing Technicolor dream coat like Kramer (laughs) wore on Seinfeld. So let's, we're going to talk about the other guys, but I think we'll just devote this first segment to to Bryce. And um, do you feel like – I really believe this. I believe Bryce could have the best uh, career of, of all the guys. I mean, look, we love Tua. Everybody loves Tua. And we are going to do our, in, our uh, all-time Saban draft between the two of us. And I think it will come down to one of us will draft Tua, one of us will draft Bryce. I mean, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, yeah. But – Everybody loves Tua, right? But he he is injury prone. I've never seen somebody like get get hurt and like make those make that weird thing with his hands that he did that time. You know that you know it was just awful. And I'm scared he's going to continue to get hurt. Um, then you talk about Matt Jones. Well, the Patriots drafted they drafted a punter. And I'm like, y'all have no receiver. They literally have no receivers. I mean, I don't understand how they have no receivers. And they're they're like, you know what? We really need a punter. Yeah, you're gonna need a few punters. Yeah, <laughs> you're need a bunch of them. Y'all they don't have receivers. Really? They're gonna need the punter. It's kind of smart, you know. If you don't draft receivers and don't have receivers, you're gonna have to punt the football probably quite a bit. Um, and then Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think even though we're we love Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts is a bammer. Take the OU stuff and, you know, forget about it. He's a bammer forever, and I love Jalen Hurts. I want him to do well. But I think we all know he's got a shelf life. Now, I mean, technically they all have a shelf life, right? But 
I think Jalen Hurts is um, – he's got a Cam Newton-esque uh, uh, trait about him where when the running isn't going to be as effective, he's not going to be as effective. I mean, those things go hand in hand. He's not going to be a sit-in-the-pocket guy. He can sit in the pocket a little bit right now, but part of the reason he can sit in the pocket is because people ultimately think he could run. If they know he cannot run, he won't be able to sit in the pocket. So I really think Bryce – can have the longest career, and everybody keeps talking about the size being an issue, and I think that may be the thing that saves him. If you're not the size of Josh Allen, you don't have as many places to get hit. <laughs> That's pretty good. I do think Bryce does a really good job, even though he uh, he looks like a guy that should always be running around, but he, he, he in fact rarely does. Uh, but he does a really good job of uh, – <laughs> Kind of remind you, Sean Alexander was like this, and that's a strange comparison. But you know, Sean wasn't super quick, but he had this knack of avoiding the big hit. Yeah, that's true. Sean, Sean just somehow, even though he he looked like a bigger back with those big shoulder pads, and, and he would have these slight shoulder moves and pretty quick feet, and Sean would avoid the big hit. I think Bryce does a pretty good job of that. Uh, but hey, look, it's the NFL. Bryce, you're going to get lit up. Now, one thing that may save him, it's 2023. And for instance, in the Tennessee game, we all know the famous hit when he was hit in the chin uh, by Tennessee and what should have been a 15-yard penalty. Uh, in the NFL, that's not just a penalty. The defensive player that hit him in that manner would be ejected from the league, probably arrested, charged, and executed by, by the state. Uh, in, in the NFL, you're not allowed to get hit by that. For some reason, in college, they allow kids to get hit like that. Well, but we reviewed NFL, they, it. They not they reviewed it and allowed him to get hit. By Don't get me even like started that. on it. I'll never forget that. That, that was, by the way, I turned fifty. If people remember that, that was like a big birthday thing. I had a bunch of people over watching that, and everybody was freaking out. I said, "Don't worry about it. They're going to review it and fix it." And they reviewed it and didn't fix it, and then we all just freaked out together. Anywho. <laughs> Let me go to FanDuel. I need to tell everybody about FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Love me some FanDuel. You love FanDuel. I love FanDuel. Jimmy loves FanDuel. Jimmy's wife, Kelly, loves FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NBA. They got everything you want. You can go um, – just bet on over-unders on basketball. You can bet on over-unders on baseball. You can bet on over-unders on strikeouts and, and all kind of stuff like that. They've got everything. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. You'll love it. You won't regret it. It's awesome. Go check it out. Now, another thing we're going to do all week long, we're going to keep talking about the draft a little bit. We're going to start talking a little bit more about recruiting. Here's something interesting, Jimmy, that we're not going to get into today. Technically, today was the last day for the opening of the transfer portal to get in the transfer portal. But because you may have submitted your paperwork and they may not have put your name in, there will still be names trickling in the transfer portal because the uh, the administrative offices were closed over the weekend, obviously Saturday, Sunday. So we will be hearing about names that got in the transfer portal Monday and Tuesday. Will there, any of those guys be Alabama? If they are, we certainly will talk about it. But I know some Auburn guys got in there, and we're going to talk about those later on too, just over overall SEC stuff, but the transfer portal is still very alive and well and very, very interesting. All right, so now let's talk some more draft, Jimmy. Um, the number three pick was Will Anderson. The Houston Texans trade up 
to get Will Anderson. Um, I, they took C.J. Stroud. I, I mean, it would have been cool to uh, – because they were going to do it anyway, right? If they had picked Will Anderson and they had already gotten that pick, you know, traded that pick, when they picked C.J. Stroud, I don't think they'd made the trick the trade. But if they had – let's say they could have made the trade and gone ahead and got that number three pick too, gotten uh, Will Anderson and then C.J., just flip-flop the picks, that would be cool that Alabama had the one and two picks in the draft. But somebody pointed out something to me that made a lot of sense. For C.J.'s ego, it may be good to pick him second and just make the claim, hey, we thought you were the best quarterback in the draft. We don't care. We were going to take you if, if we hadn't screwed up and beaten Indianapolis. We were going to take you. And um, this this would be good for his psyche. Whereas Will Anderson, they're like, yeah, we would take you whenever we could get you, but we have to make our quarterback feel good about himself. You feel feel good about yourself all the time because you're the best there is. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't disagree with that whatsoever. I mean, I, I sort of agree with uh, with with that thinking. I think there might have been also something to the order in terms of if they had taken Will second and CJ was still out there, it might have been harder for them to trade that pick. But yeah. I, I, I I don't I don't understand any of that. I just know that Will and CJ both are headed to Houston. What what I think is a great story about. Will and CJ is that CJ is such a good friend of Bryce's and I don't know how well Will and CJ knew each other prior to last week. Uh, I'm sure they, they were at least acquaintances, but it's gotta be pretty cool for Will to be headed to Houston with CJ. Who's one of Bryce's really good buddies. And that probably gives Will some extra comfort, you know, and go in there and, 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 and even CJ the same way, like, Hey, this is Bryce's guy, and uh, so I, I think it's really cool. It was it was Bryce and and Will, and now it's CJ and Will, and that's really neat. But w- boy, what a great situation! And now the Houston Texans have Alabama linebacker D'Amico Ryan's head coach, coach and Alabama linebacker Will Anderson, coach and Alabama linebacker Christian Harris, and now coach and Alabama linebacker Henry Toa Toa, four Alabama linebackers in the uh, Texans uh, roster there, if you include the head coach. That's pretty neat. And, uh, boy, for all, you know, Henry, for whatever reason, took a lot of grief on our board from some Alabama fans from time to time. And I'm like, hey, you know, I think D'Amico knows that linebacker position pretty well, and he likes Toa Toa. So I think Henry's pretty good. Yeah, and, you know, really we can talk about that later too, but – uh, about Henry Toto going to, to the Texans. Of course, John Mechie's there too. Uh, man, and then uh, – we and we all know – we all love Will Anderson. I mean, Will Anderson, we knew he's, he's, he's going to be a star. I mean, Will Anderson seems to be about as – I don't want to jinx him, but seems to be as close to a can't-miss prospect in this draft as there is. Um, is so, are you tuning AM, AM stations in the background? What are you doing? <laughs> uh, it's kind of hard to explain, but, yeah, I'm uh, – it's it's – it's a, I'm in a technological black hole despite being surrounded by a pretty cool Bama memorabilia. This is my, I shouldn't be saying this live. This is literally my childhood bedroom where I, this is my childhood bedroom. After I moved out long, long, long time ago, parents turned this into the Alabama room. Jimmy, so, Jimmy. Yes. Last December wasn't that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I moved out last Tuesday. Hey, but anyway, uh, 
Speaking of, I know what you mean, technological black hole, because you're saying, or that's code for your parents' house, because my parents are the same way. Because I've said, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but the first time my parents ever got wireless, I went down there and I said, Mom, I'm, I'm going to get my phone on your uh, Wi Fi. What's your password? She goes, All right, let me look it up. And she looked it up. She goes, It's one. And I was thinking, Okay, one. And then whatever's next. She goes, It's one 27 times. I said, What? my password is one 27 times not 26 that'd be too few that's too easy to crack not 28 because you'd forget that is one 27 times and so you have to carefully count that all out that's one 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 so anyway um now let's talk jameer gibbs similar similar but different issue but here we are uh so many years later uh speaking of number one uh, Jameer Gibbs should be RB1 in Detroit, not just because he was drafted uh, at number 12, which was a surprise to literally everybody, um, yeah. including Detroit. Probably Gibbs. Probably Gibbs. Um, yeah, Probably Gibbs. Gibbs. <laughs> like, I even, this is beyond my wildest dreams. Thank you. But uh, they've also traded DeAndre Swift um, to, weirdly, the Eagles because they need more Georgia people. And um, so I, I think this is awesome, though. I think it's a good spot for him because I really do like – I'll tell you, man, I'm not – I don't have an NFL team that I really pull for full-time. I always pull for the Alabama guys. But I've always been like, I want to be alive when the Lions go to the Super Bowl. I really – I do. I feel like that – I feel like that could be the one of the top three signs of the apocalypse, but I, I would love to see it. And um, – if Jameer Gibbs can be a part of that, Jameson Williams, I know he's missing six games because of gambling. Um, and then, uh, oh, shoot, who else they drafted? I just blanked. They drafted another Alabama guy. Brian Branch. Brian Branch. I, I just blanked on it. And he – I want to talk about Brian Branch on the next uh, segment. But Jameer Gibbs, um, awesome spot for him. And now, boy, they've got some explosion. If when, when Williams comes back from this suspension, which is stupid, by the way, when he comes back from this suspension, and then you have Gibbs – I could really make the argument you've got the two fastest guys at their positions in the league. That's awesome. Uh, and I'm a Detroit fan. I'm sure like a lot of fans, I watch the uh, HBO uh, training camp show. Yeah. Uh, and, and Hard Knocks. It featured, it, Hard Knocks. It featured the Detroit Lions last season. And uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, those Detroit guys. I enjoyed the head coach, Dan Campbell, the GM, uh, the atmosphere, their assistant coaches, uh, a lot of the team. And I wasn't, you know, Detroit had a lot of success last season compared to most seasons. That Detroit, and they they nearly made the playoffs. And if you watched uh, Hard Knocks, you could sort of see it coming for real. I mean, that, that was an ascending franchise, both in talent and how they're coached. And uh, I was sort of pulling for Detroit all last season, even though they didn't really have a lot of Alabama guys because Jamison was, was hurt all year. Uh, now that D- Jameer Gibbs and Brian Branch are headed there and Jamison will be coming off the suspension, uh, I- I'm really excited about Detroit, and uh, I'm definitely pulling for those guys. Uh, I-, I just sort of like the whole organization, and it's a different feel than it used to be. And, uh, you know, they're the famous Thanksgiving, you know, the the, the 11 a.m. Thanksgiving game uh, every year. And uh, uh, how about that that's going to have playoff implications from here on out, I, I believe. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're – they're... Division is Green Bay and Chicago and Detroit and uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. I mean, 
none of those other teams – I mean, Green Bay was the dominant force. They just yeah. lost to the Rodgers. Um, and then Chicago is still – I mean, they've, got, they've had a nice – They should win the division. They should win the divisions. I think the Lions point. should win the division. might only take nine or ten wins to do it. Yeah. Um, let's take a break, Jimmy. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the other guys that got selected. And we're back. You're not on campus. No, I'm downtown South Bend. Okay. But I'm, I'm not uh, even – I'm just staying here for the night. I'm, I'm leaving after this. So. All right. You're not in uh, Tyler Butner's vacated room. Uh, <laughs> I've still got all his stuff in here. Uh, he's going to bring it back with me. Um, all right, let's talk about the other guys who got drafted. Um, so we Brian Branch. I do want to go to Brian Branch next because he was the next one that was picked. He goes to the Lions. Let me say this about Brian Branch. I didn't. I didn't think about this at first, but so many people were giving him props. He's the only one that was in the green room that yeah. stayed. For the next day, when the you know, like Will Levis didn't get picked, and he just left. I mean, I don't blame him for leaving. I'm not saying Will Levis is a bad person for leaving, but um, I, I just it was uh, it was really cool of Brian Branch to stay there, and I just and when he came out, he sort of fired up the crowd, and he he was just so cool and humble and respectful, and it it made me proud. Yep. I think it was great that he did. I thought it took a lot of uh, guts because I think we have wrongly, uh, in, in terms of the draft, we wrongly uh, pity the guys that fall uh, and it's because we don't understand the draft. Pro- he didn't fall. He was just always going to be a second-round pick. Uh, he didn't fall. Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper, and I love those guys, by the way, DJ, they don't set stock. They don't set stock. The stock is what it is. We're just not told what it is until draft night. That's when we find out where their stock really was the entire time. Everything prior to that is just a guess. So we end up pitying these people because in our minds, they're falling. They never fell. This is where they were always, had they had the draft two months earlier, they would go in this probable exact position. This is where, their st- this is where the stock is. So Brian Branch was always going to be drafted where he was drafted. And by the way, where he was drafted is great. He's an early second-round pick. He's one of the top 40, 45 prospects in the entire country. Uh, that's a big deal. So, And the first safety taken. So really happy for him. Again, he goes to the ascending Lions, gets to play with other Alabama guys. And uh, I'm going to be rooting for Detroit, not, and not just on Thanksgiving. <laughs> All the holidays I'll be rooting for Detroit. Yeah, um, Halloween, Halloween, Arbor um, Day. You, and then the, the Raiders take Byron Young. And I swear, at first, I thought it would be so Raiders that they meant to draft the one from Tennessee. The other, the other Byron Young. <laughs> yeah. And they just screwed he, he it up. He went like a few picks later. The he did. He, and, he and literally every analyst had the other Byron Young going before our Byron, Byron Young. Yeah. I'm happy for our Byron Young. I like our Byron Young. But I just thought it was weird. And I do hate that he's going to the Raiders because it feels like every time a Bammer goes to the Raiders, nothing good happens. <laughs> uh, universally, the most underrated player on the team. I think our own fan. That's another one. Our own fans underrate. Uh, I think everybody other than Nick Saban and the NFL uh, underrate Byron Young because in our minds, you know, if you're not Quentin Williams, you're not Marcel Darius, and you're not great. Uh, Byron was really good. 
particularly the year before his junior year, his, his numbers were outstanding. Uh, this past year, his numbers were down and people might've been like, what's wrong? Here's what's wrong. We're playing two defensive linemen and not three and sometimes four. And so uh, it affected his snaps. It affected how much he played when he played. I thought he was really good. Uh, he's a good, good player. And, and again, we need to understand that there's a difference there's a gulf between being great and being bad. And, and I think too much of the time when a player we have isn't great, we just lump him in with the bat. That's ridiculous. He He's a good, good player, and he was drafted in the third round, and he'll be a good NFL player. Will he be all pro? Will he be in the Hall of Fame? Will he be a first-team player that gets 12 sacks a year? No, no, but he'll be good. He'll be in the NFL for a good long while. Uh, you know, Probably the biggest discussion uh, of the end of the draft was the fact that Eli Ricks didn't get drafted. He was in, um, I want to say, was it Todd McShay's mock draft to be like the number 10 pick? Now, this was a year ago. Oh, a year ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but And he doesn't get drafted. And um, then TJ Hoosmanzada, who I didn't know was doing anything anymore. I mean, I remember him well as a wide receiver. He was great. I didn't, is he an analyst somewhere? I have no idea. All right, well, I don't know what you're talking about. TJ Hushmanzada, who played at Oregon State with um, Ocho Cinco, and he um, he played in Cincinnati with Ocho Cinco. That's weird, right? Yep. Um, anyway, he uh, he tweeted out that there's nobody who can convince me that Nick Saban didn't talk smack about talk badly about uh, Eli Ricks, and that's why he didn't get drafted. And I was thinking, no, I I don't know that Nick Saban would do that but that would be so anti Nick Saban because it would he knows it would hurt recruiting. I think it was more Eli Ricks probably just didn't play enough and he'd been injured and he he wasn't great last year. He was fine. He was good. But I mean he wasn't great. And I think that it, had he come back, I think he would have had a much better shot to be drafted in the you know at least on the second day. Right? Yeah oh he made uh and I said it at the time. I said it on this show. I said it the day it happened. He made a huge mistake. He never should have come out. It was a huge mistake to come out. Uh, and now he may make a team. I thought, Josh, by the way, he got drafted by, uh, or signed by the Eagles. I said when Josh Job came out that he was making a big mistake. And he went undrafted and signed by the Eagles and made the team. So mm-hmm. I'm sure somebody out there was like, boy, Stein, you're you're wrong again. That's terrible. Uh, you shouldn't say that. He made a team. No, I was right. He should have stayed in school. The fact that he made the team, to me, is all the more reason he should have stayed in school because it's proof that had he stayed in school, he might have been drafted super high, and instead of making what amounts to minimum wage, he would be making a whole ton of money like Branch is going to be making in in Detroit. Uh, Rick's made a a huge mistake coming out. Now, uh, I'll be super controversial in our last minute or two because this is big-time controversy, I think, in terms of things I say here. I think Rick's made a huge mistake leaving. But I think had he returned to school, it would have been better off he was somewhere else. I don't want him. I, I, I don't know that he should have been back at Alabama, but he should have been back in school, even going back to LSU. Uh, it didn't work at Alabama. Oh, it didn't work. It didn't work. And Alabama is fine with Kool Aid McKinstry and Terry on Arnold and Earl Little backing them up and even Des Ricks and Jaleel Hurley on the way. Uh, I, I I both think Eli made a, a terrible mistake, and I'm I'm not upset that he's not at Alabama. 
That's I think that's very fair. Honestly, I really do. Uh, and I think it's funny, like if you if you could go back and do it over. If Keyshawn Butte had come to Alabama and Ricks had stayed at LSU, I think both of them get drafted much higher. That's that is a good point. No one's ever said that to me until right now, and I'm blown. That is a good point that I agree with a million percent. Eli never should have left LSU, and Butte. Uh, I'm not saying it had anything to do with the Alabama rumors, but everything involving the past year of his career has gone sideways. If he had if he had been there to catch passes from Bryce Young, boy, I think Alabama benefits greatly, and I think he does too. So I'm not saying Jay, uh, Daniels is not a good quarterback because he is, but he's not Bryce Young. So. He didn't even leave LSU their best receiver. Malik Neighbors was. That's true. That's true. Um, all right. That's going to do it for today's podcast, Jimmy. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, thank you guys for subscribing. We appreciate you so much. Sorry, Southampton. Uh, we will talk to you later on. Until then, roll tight. Roll tight.